in hindsight, look at that. It's like, oh, those students, they were crabbies. They took down the Charest government. <laughs> so Yeah. But they, that was I just mean, because they had, like, massive street protests, right? Yeah. It's not like yeah. if they all had just stayed home, no one would have cared. Exactly. But they're not staying home. There, there, there are protests. It's just that you can't really protest late in the fall. I mean, if you want to organize, a, you know, a, a huge protest, you do it in the spring, right? It's cold. Nobody wants to protest in the winter. Anyway. Hey, everybody. Eric Renier here, and I'm joined by my friend, Philip J. Fournier, as always, for this episode of The Numbers. Philip, how you doing? Good morning, Eric. Quiet week, hasn't it been? Uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just, it's, it's, there's been lots of polls, there's been lots of news, there might be another election, there's two elections happening next week, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's still just September. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's a busy time. I have I've been asked to do tons of media lately, and uh, thank God for the phone organizer, huh? because uh, I would have lost track, but uh, I mean, I think we should begin with the federal numbers, because there's been plenty of them. And yeah. including some regional numbers uh, that were quite interesting. So, what? Where do you want to start? I, I'm not sure where to start actually, because over the last week we've had what? Okay, so we've had a poll that was put out, national polls. We've had polls by Ipsos, by Leger, which was the most recent one, and then we also had the usual Nanos come out. And then there was the Ecos poll that Frank Graves was tweeting. Uh, yeah. He hadn't put out a release as the time that we're recording this, so we haven't seen any big breakdown from it, but. Uh, I mean, the general portrait from all of these is more or less the same as it was before. You have a 19-point lead, according to Ecos, for the Conservatives, and as small as a 7-point lead for the Conservatives for uh, the Nanos poll. So, you know, that's what, you average that out, you're talking about maybe a 13-point lead, which then puts us right where the Leger poll was, yeah. which had a 12-point lead, and then Ipsos had a 9-point. I mean, I, they're not all over the place, they're all painting the same kind of bad portrait for the liberals, good ones for the conservatives. But what did you make from, from this rush of numbers that we had? Well, I, I, um, I, the first poll that we had, I think, was Ipsos earlier this week. And it was one of those rare polls that uh, it was a flashback two months ago when the, the conservatives were leading. But when you look at the regionals, they were not that bad for the liberals. I mean, the Ecos poll has, just for, so, for those who haven't seen it, uh, 39% for the conservatives, 30% for the liberals, 17 Still for the NDP, yeah, the Ipsos poll, yeah, yeah, But when you look at the regionals, you saw again a tie in Ontario, thirty-eight, thirty-eight for the Conservatives and the Liberals in Ontario, and I mean, it's I know it's a nine-point lead nationally, but mm-hmm. with such numbers, the Conservatives win, but they don't win a majority. I mean, you, you can't. I mean, I don't see a majority if if you just run up the score in the prairies, as uh, you know. It has been done in the past. But then you have the Leger poll a couple of days later. Uh, 17-point lead <laughs> in Ontario. 45 conservative, 28 liberal. And this is the opposite end of the spectrum, I think, Eric, because a 17-point lead for the conservatives in Ontario, we're talking perhaps, what, 200 seats total? Maybe more? Like, this, is, this would be a major, major win for the Conservatives. So there's disagreement. Uh, I guess that's why you and I are here uh, yeah. to, to, to put some brake on the pedal to, you know, just to uh, not to, to overreact to stuff. But, um, but the, what did you make of the Ecos poll? Like, 19-point well, lead national. It's, it's... Yeah, I mean, it is a bit... 
You know, it's not impossible because you look at the other numbers. You have 29 in Nanos for the Liberals nationally, you have 27 in Leger, 30 in Ipsos. So with the margin of error and all that kind of stuff, getting to 23 is not impossible. Uh, it is just very low. And when we did see the regional numbers, it had the Liberals at 9% in British Columbia, yeah. lower than in Alberta and in the prairies. Uh, you know, the, the IVR polling, uh, you know, it, it can do a good job, but it can also get the the weirdest results. I that's think true. that's probably the fairest thing we can say is that when the when when they do get a little bit of a an outlier to them, they can be pretty outlierish. And you know, I'm not saying that it's it's a completely uh, useless poll or anything like that. But no. if we're looking at the spectrum of them all, and we're talking about a gap of 19 to seven points, uh, Nanos is probably too low in terms of the margin, putting it at just seven points, and Ecos is probably a bit too high, putting it at 19. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. And I, when you look at uh, the regional numbers, like you mentioned them, the Ontario ones I think are funny, because Ontario is the biggest sample, and you have, yeah. like, what would be the seat difference in Ontario? It's probably, what, 40, 50 seats in terms of what that would mean for the Conservatives? <laughs> that kind of gap between yeah. a tie and a 17-point lead? Yeah. And then you have the, the BC numbers, where both Leger and Ipsos had a three-way tie. Yeah. With the Conservatives yeah. in the Leisure poll in third. So um, if there was an election happening tomorrow, I think both of us would be a little confused about what to expect. Well, the, the, the uncertainty for the, BC, for the projection in BC would be huge. Uh, yeah. I, I know I, I, I've talked to pollsters who said that British Columbia is a hard province to poll. Uh, and also something we have to remember when we look at those BC numbers. The last election in 21... The Liberals won the most seats in BC. I think it was 15. But in the popular vote, they were third because all yeah. their vote was concentrated in the greater Vancouver area. So be careful when you see, oh, the Liberals are third in BC. Yeah, they have been third for a while. It's just that they, they win a lot of seats and uh, you know, where it matters, where there's density. Um, but 9%, I mean, I, well, the thing is with the, the, the eco poll that was leaked, I, I had many readers asking me why... Did I not include it in my projection on Sunday? Uh, the answer was it, it was a partial release. Even Frank yeah. Graves himself said it was a partial release. And I think at the time it had 600 cases. And so BC is 12% of the Canadian population, 12.5%, I think. So that would mean the BC numbers were based on, well, 70 respondents. <laughs> That's a margin of error plus or minus 12 uh, so uh, I was not going to use that. I waited for the complete sample, and it will, it will be added in next Sunday's projection. So those who are mm-hmm. impatient with me, uh, don't, don't worry. It will be added. There, there's, there's a method to this madness. Right, yeah. And, uh, I mean, in, in British Columbia especially, even in a national poll, you're still only talking about, depending on how big the poll was, but you're yeah. only talking about 120 to maybe 200 respondents, right? So, And a lot of that, because of BC, how its, its geography, its political geography is so different. Uh, you also have to make sure that you're getting the right mix of people within British Columbia, because if you have a little bit too many from the interior, you're going to have a strong conservative result, all that kind of stuff. But it it does show that there is still, there is still a lot of uncertainty in this. There's no uncertainty that the conservatives would win the most seats if an election were held today. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there is still the scenarios that play out that put them in minority situation. And as you've mentioned before, there's scenarios that put them in landslide kind of position. Yeah. Um, but I think in, in my gut tells me that the way our geography works, the way our politics works, it's more likely to come at the lower end than the higher end. I have a harder time believing uh, 
we're on the cusp of suddenly after, you know, so many years of us <laughs> talking about how we're only going to have minority governments that uh, a party is going to win 200 seats. I just I have a little bit of difficulty imagining that's really very likely. Oh, really? OK, well, yeah. I think I think we may Save disagree this on this. We may disagree on this because uh, when you have a long reign and I know the, the liberal reign right now, I mean, in relative terms, maybe it's not that long compared to the to the one or the, 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 the king era or mm-hmm. uh, even Jean Chrétien. I think uh, Chrétien Martin was 13 years, right? Uh, yeah, well, even so, Harper was only in for a little less nine, than 10. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not but, even there yet. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I think COVID years count for triple. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you could, I, I could imagine a scenario where this, the, the liberals who have been enjoying a very efficient vote just go under that threshold where that vote becomes really mm-hmm. inefficient and it all, it all crumbles down at the same time. But we're not there yet. Uh, obviously, we're not there yet, but uh, it, it, still, when I looked at the Leger numbers, yeah, Leger, 32% in BC for the Liberals, 29 for the Conservatives, and 30 for the NDP. This is like a really good result for the Liberals. If, yeah. if we went to the ballot box with those numbers in BC, uh, the, the Liberals would actually gain seats in BC. So... Uh, again, small samples. We have to be careful. Abacus Data just, uh, I think, two weeks ago had uh, a 30-point lead for the yeah. conservatives in BC. So who the hell knows? We average those out. We tr- we try to look at the big picture, not the the the, the, the lone, the, the lone uh, wacky numbers. But um, What do you think yeah. of uh, Quebec? Because uh, <laughs> in the Leger poll, yep. there was quite a bit of movement, and it kind of coincides with the discussion that was coming out of the convention last week or at the beginning of the month when the conservatives were clearly going after the the Bloc Québécois for some votes. Uh, You're not seeing the same kind of thing in the Ipsos poll. There it's bad numbers for the Liberals and the Bloc still doing well. Um, So again, I think we're still kind of wondering what's actually going on. Ça coûte cher de voter Bloc. We heard, how many times have we heard that in the past two weeks? Well, it's not unreasonable to believe that the conservatives would enjoy a convention bump in Quebec. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen this before on many occasions. I mean, and I said that the convention in Quebec City was uh, well covered by the local media. And uh, and so I I would not be surprised. And and also, Ipsos had the block at 35. Leger had the block at 29. So, I mean, not a huge difference. It's not that big a difference yeah. uh, when we look at, especially since it's been what two elections in a row, the block has thirty-two or thirty-two percent. So yeah. we're we're in the same range. It's just that the conservatives, if and I've said this before, like if the conservatives in Quebec manage to take a few points from the liberals, but the block is still in the mid to high thirties. That doesn't change the landscape except for mm-hmm. the block. The block just wins though all those seats. If yeah, they go the up to cons- maybe forty seats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if the conservatives take points away from the bloc québécois, which we assume would be mostly in the the regions of Quebec, then suddenly we have many three way races. And uh, I think not only is it good for the liberals, but it would be great news for the conservatives because you could expect gains for the conservatives in Quebec if that's the case. Going after the liberals in Quebec for the conservatives doesn't make much sense. So uh, numbers wise, yeah. Yeah. But like when, you know, we're talking about how the block numbers more or less are on either side of where the results were in the last election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the conservatives in the Leger and the uh, Ipsos polls, they're up and yep. the liberals are down. 
right? So you do get the sense that it might not be the same. You know, you could have some liberal voters that went over to the bloc and then some bloc voters who went over to the conservatives. We don't know exactly how that kind of movement takes place. Uh, But the numbers in Quebec for the liberals have not been particularly good. No. Uh, They're still high enough that they can win, win a fair number of seats because of how their vote kind of shakes out across the province. But that pillar for them, you know, Atlantic Canada was one, the GTA was one, and Quebec was one. And all three of them are looking pretty shaky right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you see the Liberals in Quebec below the 30% mark, with the bloc maybe, as I said, in the mid-30s, that would pretty much be a wipeout in francophone Quebec. So the Liberals mm-hmm. would win Laval, uh, Gatineau, uh, Montréal. Uh, but uh, those seats that they have in the regions, except maybe for one in Maurice, but eastern townships and down the St. Lawrence, that, that would most likely go to the bloc. Uh, and maybe some to the conservatives. We conservative if the conservatives are high enough. Uh, you know, it's it's. It, it, I think the the only thing that the polls agree on is that the NDP is not going anywhere. They they all yeah. say between seventeen and twenty percent, which is where the, the NDP been. has been since Jack Mead Singh took over. And you wonder. I mean, the the NDP has their national convention. In Hamilton, in Ontario, uh, I think in early October, uh, will there be? I mean, usually they, they, they like to you know be uh, happy and uh, optimistic, and they, they 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 like their leader. They don't turf leaders usually, except for Mulcair, right? Uh, but when you see, like for instance, you take the Leger poll in Ontario, you see the Leger poll with the Liberals in the twenties in Ontario, mm-hmm. and yet the NDP is still stuck at eighteen or nineteen percent. So. That means that Jack Mead Singh is not attracting disappointed liberals at all. Yeah, it's not coming from the left. Yeah, and so I mean, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, I really wonder at some point if there's going to be a breaking point when they say we we need a new leader. Uh, I, I'm I'm not betting on it. I don't think they will in next month's convention. But will there be the discussion? I think they should discuss it. Uh, it's an open question though whether he is the problem or not i'm not sure if he is i'm not sure if someone else would do all that much better would a charlie angus or uh i don't know who else even i can't even think of who within the caucus would 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 be a front runner for that leadership i'm not sure how much better they would do uh he you know his own personal numbers remain decent um you know usually better than the other uh, leaders and it could just be that the positioning that they put themselves in, uh, the, the the rhetoric that they're using, and would someone else do a better job than him? I'm not sure. Uh, so I, I figure that they'll get they'll give him another shot. And you know, when you're looking at these kinds of of numbers in British Columbia, they're pretty good for the New Democrats, right? If they're yeah. in a three way race, they're probably holding those. But in some of those other polls where the Conservatives were 40 plus. Yeah, uh, that would be a disaster for the New Democrats because about half of their caucus comes from British Columbia, mm-hmm. and they could lose a ton of those seats, and then and then the bottom falls out for them because they might be able to pick up some to, in Toronto if the Liberals come down enough, but probably not enough to make up for those losses in British Columbia if those kinds of numbers, the bad numbers, are yeah. closer to the reality. You know, I don't disagree. Um, Jack Mead Singh may not be the the uh, the problem, but it sure as hell is not the solution because the the numbers are still. No, middling at best. So, and they've never word? really. Yes, yeah. that's a terrific okay, word. Yes, and they, but they've never actually been. <laughs> they've never actually been all that good either, right? 
That's yeah. what's also kind of interesting. There's Very never in- really been any consistent period where the NDP was polling over 20%. Exactly. Under Jagmeet Singh. And we also did get a question about uh, Newfoundland Labrador from, from Jaybird in the Discord. So we might as well just, uh, you know, uh, give him a shout out there while we talk about these numbers. These are numbers from Abacus Data that just came out on Thursday morning. We always record on Thursday mornings. Uh, for Newfoundland and Labrador showing the federal race in the province. And, uh, you know, we're talking about these different pillars that the, the liberals have. Newfoundland and Labrador is supposed to be at least one of them. Yep. Uh, but the, like even there, they're in, they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, 42% for the Conservatives, 33% for the Liberals, 23% for the NDP. Uh, if you compare that to the 21 election results, the Conservatives are up plus 9, the Liberals are down 15, and the NDP yeah. is up 6 points. However, we should say this is uh, 500 cases, uh, and we just said the decided vote. So it's based on 381 yeah. respondents. So it's a modest, but still for, for, for a province like Newfoundland, we rarely have such a big yeah, yeah. sample. So It's like a sample like the size of Ontario in a national poll. Exactly. And we pay attention to those numbers, right? We do. We do. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, a little bit of a caveat there. But, um, but yeah, for sure, like uh, that's a huge swing, 24 points. Uh, there are a number of ridings in uh, on the island of Newfoundland outside of, of St. John's where the gap between the Conservatives and the Liberals wasn't very big, right? No. So if you're looking at a 24-point swing, those seats are flipping over. And the NDP, if they're also up six points, uh, you know, you look at the numbers they have for Avalon St. John's, the Liberals are in third uh, behind the Conservatives, behind the NDP. So you're looking at a seat like St. John's East, probably flipping over to the NDP, and maybe the Conservatives can win a seat like Avalon. Uh, and then wow. that leaves what? That leaves Seamus O'Regan, and maybe that's it. That's it. That would be it. Yeah. So uh, expect the Liberals to, uh, at some point, visit uh, Newfoundland and the uh, Atlantic yeah. provinces in the next year because they need some campaigning there. Uh, clearly, set, set, the numbers are not good. Set the calendar caucus uh, caucus meeting in St. John's next year. <laughs> I think they're going to have to do that. Uh, and so, yeah, this is, uh, and you know, we were just talking about the, the leaders. You look at the impressions of federal party leaders in Newfoundland and Labrador, Jagmeet Singh had the best numbers, plus 20. He grew, he spent a little time growing up in St. John's, which I think gives him a little bit more credibility than the other two. But, uh, but Trudeau, you know, he used to be pretty popular in Newfoundland and Labrador. Now he's, he's a minus 20 on his, uh, his negative versus positive ratings, which is, which is kind of remarkable to see how how much they've dropped. Well, yeah, the wear and tear of uh, of power. Uh, that's that's one thing. Uh, questionable decisions, also. I just remember Jasmine Singh, his personal numbers. Uh, something that you know they've been better than, of course, the, the Prime Minister Monsieur Poilier over the time. But we have to remember something that. Jackmeet Singh, sometimes his good numbers may be attributed to the fact that he's not a threat to the status quo. Yeah. Right. So what is your impression of Jackmeet Singh? Oh, he doesn't bother me too much. If you're a liberal, like, oh, yeah, okay, he keeps us in power. So, I, I, yeah, his numbers are better, but they're not stellar either. Uh, and uh, they, they, I don't think there's, there are numbers similar to what Jack Layton had before the 2011 election, where even though his party was low in the polls... Is his standing, Jack Layton's standing, was who do you want to have a beer with? Who do you want your kids mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to have a hockey coach? Like those questions, Jack Layton was really high. We don't see that in Jack Meet Singh at all. We just see people being lukewarm at best with him. So. 
And, you know, if you're an NDP supporter, you probably don't like to hear it. But I, I do agree that there is a difference between the approval ratings, personal ratings of people who are contending for, for power and oh, those yeah. who aren't. And you see that for Green Party leaders. You see that for third party leaders in, in other provinces that they can often be very popular. But that doesn't mean someone's going to vote for them because, you know, in a lot of people's minds, their choice is between two other parties. Right. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, we'll see. What's going to happen? I'm going to be curious. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it later in, in the mailbag, but whether what's happened over this past week is going to have any impact, uh, we'll, see. we'll see in the coming days and weeks. So far, though, you know, it seemed to me that the beginning of the month was okay for the Liberals after the Conservative Convention. Their first week kind of went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was talking about foreign policy where Retrudo gets, you know, gets to be prime ministerial. Uh, they're coming out with some new policy positions, uh, some plans for the for the for the fall session, and uh, I think this week kind of put them put them off track. But we'll yeah. get to that later. Yeah, I read in the Sun that uh, there's a cocaine story too. Huh? <laughs> no, let's not get into that. I don't want. So. Do not it, get into that. No, it, it's oh. it's funny though. It is funny, but it's 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 not because you laugh that it's that funny. But you yeah. want to talk about anyway, Manitoba? If you're, if you're, yeah, but first, if you are wondering what we're saying, just look at Evan Dyer's uh, Twitter feed and he'll uh, set you straight. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, as we're talking now, there hasn't been any new polls nope. over the last little while, not since like the debates and stuff like that. Uh, so we are kind of flying a little bit, you know, just looking at the radar. We, we can't look out the, the front screen. The, it's too foggy out there. Um, but when you look at how this, this race has been unfolding and the, and the approach that the PCs have been taking over the last little while, going really hard on Negative, the NDP's huh? candidates, yep. um, having taking a full-page ad about how they don't want to search for uh, potential murder victims in a landfill, indigenous murder victims, as a campaign issue that you don't want to do that and making sure that you know. There was even a little ad I saw about how COVID lockdowns aren't, are a thing of the past, which I'm sure everybody agrees with. It's been two years now <laughs> since there was lockdowns. Yeah. Um, it feels like they're, they're, they're as worried as they should be based on the numbers we saw at the midpoint. These advertisings come from a party trying to come back from behind because yeah. they, they don't, they're not talking to swing voters. They're talking to their own voters. Uh, again, I, I'm not ready to call this election, even though the NDP looks to have an edge. Uh, we mm-hmm. Look at the 2019 polling and all the posters underestimated the PCs. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying because it happened before that it will happen again necessarily, right. but you can't exclude that possibility that there are shy PC voters. Um, you know, though, I mean, next Metaphorically time we, or otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And next next time we do this podcast, the results will be in, and perhaps we'll look like idiots. But I think, no, I yet. think the NDP. <laughs> well, because you don't do seat projections anymore, my friend. You you pulled out. I do. But, uh, I, do I do them well, a bit. No, you, just yeah, not as well, detailed yeah. as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. That, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's more pl- plausible deniability. That's what I'm going for here. I I I don't think that there's like a major victory on either side. On the horizon, uh, it, it, there's twenty. You need twenty nine seats to win uh, an election in Manitoba. I mean, a majority, rather. Uh, I'm. I, I. It's hard for me to see either side winning more than thirty three or thirty four. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the that. high twenties or low thirties. So 
uh, it's 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 going to be very interesting to follow on Tuesday night. Uh, I, I'm not sure what to expect, to be honest. And again, we haven't had polls since the debate. Uh, I expect pollsters to be on the field right now and maybe publish uh, uh, this over the this, weekend. Uh, yeah. This weekend, yeah. So we'll see. And uh, you'll be uh, joining me for a live stream, I believe. We'll get you on the record right now. <sighs> well, I was hesitating, but now that you mention it, sure, I'll be there. I'll be there. It's going to be fine. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, teach early on Wednesday morning because my students are not striking. They're, they, I guess this week is the week of the climate, and they don't care next week. So, but uh, it's fine. Oh. Climate change will be solved by next week. Next uh, week. It's all, it's yeah. all done. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> one of the things, though, I, like, I feel like when you see the numbers for the liberals, um, mm. you know, the pollsters aren't going to be underestimating the liberals, I don't think. And when you see their kind of low numbers, that points to me that the NDP has a, a big advantage in this campaign. And, but I agree with you. There's, but from my perspective, there's two likely scenarios, a very close race or a pretty solid NDP win. I don't see the ingredients for a solid PC win. Define uh, a pretty solid NDP. Like how how many seats is that? How's uh, it? You know, like thirty four to thirty six. Okay. Yeah, okay. I see that is more likely than the Conservatives getting over thirty. I in agree. my view. And yeah. again, we'll play the tape. Okay, we are going to do a little game here. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do a game for the Manitoba election. Uh, often we do the games at the end, but I feel like it made more sense here. So we're going to do a little bit of snake draft. Okay. And we're going to choose what we think are going to be the closest ridings on election night. And then next week, we'll see who ended up being closer. We'll tally up the margins. And whoever was closest to the pin, whoever the, had the lowest total margin in, in the ridings that he chose, will be the winner and get the bragging rights. So we'll do a snake draft. And I do have an idea for how to determine uh, who will get to go first. All right. So I have my weather app in front of me. <laughs> okay. We have to guess. <laughs> What do you think the temperature is in Winnipeg right now, closest to the actual truth? I have not looked yet. I have no idea. And remember, it's uh, re- recording. It's 8 a.m. there. Wait, so we just we just put a pin? It's not yeah. an over-under? It's a... No, just whoever's so, Okay, so Winnipeg right now, so it would be uh, like, uh, okay, central time. I will say it's 8 Celsius. Okay, I'll, I'm going to... Guess it's warmer just for the sake of it and say it's 11. All right, let us see. This is very exciting. Winnipeg, Manitoba. The temperature right now is 15 degrees. What? What? 15 degrees. It's balmy. Winnipeg. It's single digits wow. in Montreal right now. Okay, you win. All right. All right, so I get to go first. Okay, so as mentioned, we're choosing ridings that we think will be the closest. And at the end of it all, we'll see who the winner is by having the lowest combined margin between first and second in these ridings. So the choice that I'm going to go first is the riding of Seine River, Ooh. Uh, which is beautiful. Beautiful, I assume it's like pr- Paris. This is in, in <laughs> southern Winnipeg, southern Winnipeg. Uh, so Janice Morley-Lecomte, she won this by about 19 points last time. When you see the swing that we've had in the polls, that's right where it is. We're looking at a 20-point swing-ish in Winnipeg. So uh, a riding that was won by 19 points last time. I'd say that the NDP wins it by a very narrow margin. And historically, this has been a pretty swingy seat. So if the government's going to change, uh, it'll probably swing over. So Seine River, my number one pick. I have it as a very close uh, PC-leaning seat right now, but I would not be surprised to see the NDP win this one, considering the numbers we had in Winnipeg. Okay, my turn. So I I, I get two, right? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I will go with, uh, well, we had a by-election that was kind of close uh, not so long ago. I will go with Kirkfield Park mm, for my first pick. Uh, the Liberals done well in this riding in the by-election, but of course it's a by-election. And again, when we look at the swing, we look at the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the demographics. Uh, the PC had won this one, I think, handily four years ago. But I don't think it's going to be that, it's gonna, that, 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 that the case uh, this week. Um, I think Tuesday it's going to be a close one. So Kirkfield Park would be my, my first pick. Um, I'm, uh, you know what? Uh, I think the liberals are in trouble. Mm. Um, and therefore, I will go with Saint Boniface. Ah uh, yes, I was going to pick that one. Yeah, Saint Boniface uh, I think is the writing of the liberal leader. I I would not be surprised to see him win this writing, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be in tough. So yeah. Saint Boniface is my second pick. Yeah. And if there are any uh, Franco-Manitobans listening, that's uh, probably where they live. Uh okay, so I'm going to go with my next pick. I'm sticking to the suburbs of Winnipeg. Here I have two, so I'll I'll just two right now. All right. I'm going to choose the uh, southern Winnipeg seats of Waverly and Riel. Uh, these are seats that were won by... These are actually me hedging a little bit. So Waverly was won by John <laughs> Reyes by 21 points, and it's traditionally a pretty safe conservative seat. So for me, this is a sort of a high watermark for the NDP. If they're mm-hmm. getting into the mid-30s, they're winning Waverly by a small amount. Yeah. Riel is me hedging. This was a riding that the PCs won by just nine points. So you would think that the NDP is going to easily win a riding that they're only behind by nine points last time. But if we do see a overperformance for the PCs and underperformance for the NDP, then it could end up being a pretty close seat. And we're maybe talking in the 28, 29 kind of seat range for the NDP. Mm-hmm. So uh, Waverly and Riel, I've got three seats all in the Winnipeg suburbs, uh, and that's where I am. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, hang on here. I was going to take Waverly. But I think you took it too high. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the liberal seat here. I'm going to mm. take Tyndall Park. Okay, I'll uh, have that on my list. This should also... I mean, the liberals had over 50% of the vote last time around. But they, they have a you know, tough challenger, the NDP candidate there. And considering the poll numbers that we had with the liberals... Um, they could still win it again, but I think it's going to be close. So Tyndall Park will be my first of two pick here. Cindy Lamoureux is the incumbent. She's the uh, daughter of Kevin Lamoureux, who is a, mm. a liberal MP in the House of Commons. Oh, there you go. Fun fact here. What, thing is, when you said you're hedging, like mm. there's no plus minus here, right? You don't, no, you no, don't but uh, winner. Yeah, okay, but see, okay. look, if the NDP does really well, yeah, yeah, okay. then Riel is going to be a big margin. But yeah. if the NDP doesn't do very well, then Waverly will be I get uh, it. A, okay. a small margin. Because I had a version of this game where we do exactly this, but we also have to say which party wins. And no. if you get it wrong, it comes for 10 points. But Ooh, w- that's gonna, we, we'll keep that for uh, Quebec or Federal or something. Or New Brunswick. Or New Brunswick soon, yeah? Yeah, okay. in a month. Uh, we'll see. Okay, I'm going outside of Winnipeg. Uh, Interlake Gimli, or Jimli, oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, this... I think it's Gimli, Gimli. Gimli? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm very intri- intrigued by this uh, by this uh, writing because, again, outside of Winnipeg, I don't think the NDP, well, the North is going to be NDP. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be surprised. But considering that uh, 
that was a 25-point win <laughs> four years ago for the PCs. Uh, I expect to be, to be single digits this time. So maybe it's not going to be that close. We'll see. But Interlake, Gimli is my uh, Gimli, sorry, is my pick. And it, like, both the Probe and the Angus Reed Institute polls that came out mid-campaign had really... And they were done different ways. Probe was done via telephone, Angus Reed uh, online. And they had a big swing in the, in the regions. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Suggests that the NDP is going to do pretty well. So that being the case, I'm also going to go outside of Winnipeg. And for my last pick, uh, I'm going to pick the riding of Selkirk, which is okay. just north of Winnipeg. And... This was won by 17 points by Alan Legimodzier. And this used to be an NDP riding. They used to hold it from 1990 to 2011. And there's no liberal or green candidate there, so it makes things a bit easier for the NDP. So to me, it seems like a likely pickup. Uh, but it is still going to be a big reach, a big swing, 17 points. Uh, so Selkirk, I'm going to choose as my last one. Only two candidates in that riding. Yep, uh, so head head. whoever wins, it's a, it's a majority. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So that's four. That's that was your last one, right? Yeah. All right. Let's recap. What do you have? So I am. I got all my top four picks. I had them. I had them right. <laughs> oh, so I got s- trash talk here. Okay. Yeah. I got Seine River, <laughs> Waverly, Riel. These are all suburban Winnipeg seats, and Selkirk, which is uh, based around the town of Selkirk, which is about ten thousand people or so. And I have Kirkfield Park, Saint Boniface, Tyndall Park. And Interlake Gimli. Okay. Yes. So uh, you went the liberal way, which is interesting. I did. I wanted to pick St. Boniface, but uh, we'll see what's going to happen there. If, if those two ridings are close, though, boy, the, the liberals are going to be in some trouble. Uh, uh, the chance so for them to pick up a fourth is impossible, but geez, are they going to be able to hold on to three? Do we. Uh, so the, win- the winner wins that bragging rights and. Uh, I don't know. If you have an idea, tell us in the Discord or the Patreon. Who, <laughs> some, some sort of embarrassing thing the other person has to do. <laughs> All right. Talk about the horoscope. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. So okay. Something that ha- I mean, for those who don't know, I'm a, I teach astrophysics, and every year I get somebody who's like, oh, I'm a Sagittarius. I go like, oh, no, that's, that's not what it is. But Yeah, astrology. Right. <laughs> astrology is more of a higher science. Uh... <laughs> All right. We also have another election happening next week. Uh, by-election, connect oh, by-election yes. is Jean Talon. Uh, before we get into the actual uh, by-election, there was a, a leisure poll on yes. the Quebec scene. And uh, I'll give the numbers here. We got 34% for the CAQ, which is down uh, a little bit from last time and, and pretty much their lowest result since the last mm-hmm. uh, since Legault came to power. 22% for the Parti Québécois, 17% for Quebec Solidaire, 14% for the Liberals, who uh, seem to have hit their floor. Yep. And 12% for the Conservatives. Your reaction, sir? My reaction was, I mean, it was funny because I, I did, I was on TV last night discussing this poll. And while I was waiting to go on the air, I, there were TVs in a TV studio and I could see on TVA, uh, Quebec Media did uh, commission that poll from Léger. And the title was, Worst Result for the CAQ in Six Years. And I was like, okay, uh, there was a poll uh, in the spring that had the CAQ at 36. This is 34. So, and I looked at the, uh, the, the, the details. CAQ leading in the regions by double digits, leading in Montreal by double digits, leading among francophones by double, double digits, leading among the oldest voters by 20 points. Basically, the only swing that was worthy, it was in the Quebec City region. 
which mm-hmm. interestingly is where the by-election will ha- happen. Yes. The, um, the, the, the Quebec City region had the Parti Québécois up compared to the last election, but stable compared to the previous poll at 30%. It had the CEQ at 23% in the Quebec City region. That's a 20-point drop compared right. to the election. And so if we talk, we're talking about a by-election that was won with a third of the vote for the CEQ. Mm-hmm. The CEQ had a third of the vote in Jean Talon. And then in the region of Quebec City, the CEQ lose, loses 20 points. <laughs> I mean, unless it's a, it's a, it's a microclimate or it's a, it's a very like high, uh, hyper-local effect, the CEQ should lose Jean Talon. But it's like the numbers say this. I'm not sure I believe it. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know this is a this I, is a podcast called the numbers, but yeah. it's yeah. Everybody seems to be very reluctant to give the PQ a chance here, and to me, I I think the CQ doesn't win. But uh, but that's that's just me looking at these numbers because, as you mentioned, maybe they haven't dropped twenty points. Maybe they dropped ten. Yeah. But to lose in Jean Talon, they only need to lose two points, maybe, <laughs> and that might be enough. Uh, I know is, a by-election is going to focus people's minds between maybe two options, but I don't know. Like, if like I know this uh, Jean Talon is not a seat that's traditionally strong for the Parti Québécois, but if you can win with 32%, you don't need to be in a very strong seat. The um, the, the, the second place in the general election in October was Québec solidaire with 24%. The Parti Québécois was, I believe, it, I don't have the numbers in front of me, I should, but I think it was 18% for the Parti Québécois. So, yeah, 187 I yeah, okay. Put them in front. Yeah. So, uh, so that means the Parti Québécois needs to gain a dozen points, which yeah. the number suggests is possible. But you said it's not a traditionally a, a PQ seat. The PQ has never won that seat ever. Yeah. It came close a few times in the nineties, but it's it's never won in its history. Never won that seat. So the lack of precedent. And uh, also the fact that the Quebecois has been shut out of Quebec City uh, for about a decade. Um, you know, they don't have much of a machine, although they're high in financing. And I can tell you that from the Parti Québécois people I spoke to, they're throwing everything they have at mm. this one. They absolutely want this one. Which but they the C- should do. They don't have much Oh, absolutely. Loser. Absolutely. And the CEQ has such a good get-out-the-vote machine, such an efficient one. They beat all their polls in 22. They beat all their polls in 18. Um, but how it, much of that was that they get support from older voters, which the PQ also gets? But the, the, this poll says the CEQ leads by 20 points among older voters. Yeah. I know I know it's yeah, not yeah. The, necessarily the older voters of Jean Talon. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's going to be a split vote here. All you, yeah. Perhaps all you need is 29 or 30 percent and you win. So I'm going to update my Quebec projection today. I'm expecting new, newer numbers. Uh, am, I, am I giving the scoop here? Oh, yeah, I'll give the scoop. So I commissioned a poll from Palace Data. I'm going to get the results later today. So those who listen to this, this is why you have registered. Yeah. This is why you are a patron, because you know. So Paras Data is Joseph Angolano, a veteran of the polling industry, who founded his own firm over the course of the summer. So he uh, last night was the last night, uh, the last dial of this poll, of Quebec poll. It's not a Jean Talon poll. It's a national Quebec poll. And uh, once I get this... Um, I will update my Quebec projection, and most likely it will show Jean Talon going to the PQ. Hmm. But there's the numbers, and there's 
There's right. my gut or my head or whatever you want to call it. There's, I, I'm not sure I agree with this. I would not be surprised at all if the CAQ pulls this off because they have such an efficient get-out-the-vote machine. But it's going to be a fun one because if the PQ wins this, oh, they're going to say March to Sovereignty has, has begun. You can, be, you can be sure of that because they've Before raised expectations so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just going to happen. All right, well... Uh, let's let's we can abandon numbers and we can go with gut. We're gonna do a over under. Uh, this it. was requested by Anthony Quoto on the, on the Discord. So we're going to choose what we're gonna set the over under lines for each of the parties. Uh, do you want to start at the bottom or the top? Maybe we should start at the top, the bottom. Let's start with the bottom. Let's yeah. Start. All right. You, you want to do the conservatives? Sure, I'll do the conservatives. So the conservatives. So my question here is: uh, Are people going to bother to vote for this party? In a by-election. I think it's always tough for small parties. So last time they got uh, 10.4% of the vote. Yeah. And, you know, that the Leisure poll suggests they're more or less holding their vote from the last election. They have I think dipped this is in the be summer. Yeah. They have dipped yeah. in the summer, so, but they, 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 they got, a, got back up. Yeah. If I put the over-under line at 7.5, what would you do? Mm. That's a good line. Um... And they're, they're um, the the um, the candidate for the conservatives, uh, <laughs> a francophone, not a francophone, an Albertan that speaks French, who's against the the the, the light rail project in Quebec City because uh, allegedly he had an accident in Calgary when he lived there. Such a convoluted story. Anyway, it is. Yeah, I saw it on the Infoman. It was a bit, a bit funny. Yeah. I, yeah. So 7.5, it's a good line because I hesitate. I'm going to go under. I was, I'm was. i also going to go under. I think that they're going to have trouble getting their people to bother voting in this. Um, but you know what? If they can manage to keep their vote, uh, that would be a pretty impressive result for yeah. them because this is not a good riding for them in the Quebec City area. Oh, right? it's, it's so, their worst, basically. Yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, uh, the, the PCQ had 23% in the Quebec City area. Uh, and 10% in this writing. It was their worst writing. So. Yeah. Okay. okay, so then we'll go uh, next would be the Liberals. Who did? Uh, who is going to do the Liberals? That's I you. think I'm, I'm going to do the Liberals. Okay, yeah. so uh, this used to be a Liberal fortress. Uh, yes, we've heard long, it so many long times. Long, ago, right? In the 2010s. Long, long It would be time. the little village Galois, right? Within, <laughs> exactly. Within uh, the sea of the PQ or whatever. They had 13.5% uh, in the 22 election. Uh, they have been polling really badly i'm hearing though that this candidate is a very enthusiastic one and she she is good on the field uh but i don't think they improve their numbers so i will say i will set the line at uh 11 percent for the liberals in jean talon what say you under, my friend under under yeah oh, man, not I by thought, much but i think I, it's going to be under i, think I thought i could trap in- you there Oh. No, I think they're just in so much trouble in terms of relevance. Um, I'm sure this candidate is terrific. I don't think people care that much in by-elections, yeah. uh, when, especially when it's like the non-contending candidate. Um, I shouldn't say that. They care more in a by-election than they would otherwise, but I don't think it's enough to matter that much. I just think they have so little mojo, so little momentum, so little positive press that I think no one's going to bother voting for them. And anybody who is a liberal... Is probably going to go vote for the CAC because they want to keep the PQ out. So I'm going to say that the liberal vote drops below 11. Wow. my line, You're way too confident. My line is too high. Okay. 
Um, well, I'm thinking maybe they get like nine or ten. So I'm not like saying yeah. they're going to drop the. F- I don't think they'll finish behind the Conservatives. I'll say that. <laughs> although, eh. although, although, yeah. uh, you know what? Uh, I'll go over, um, okay. but not by much. Uh, maybe my line is too high, but I'll go over eleven percent for the Liberals. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's still, it's still, you know, a, a Liberal. I mean, when if the Liberals ever get back up, if they do, uh, that seat is going to be a Liberal seat in the future. But. Okay, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I'm a bit stumped here. I, uh, you're way too confident. I don't like that. So. <laughs> All right, you okay. go. Uh, so next one, um, I think we'll actually, I'll do a Quebec Solidaire, even if uh, they were technically second last time. Mm. Um, so for Quebec, Quebec Solidaire, how much did the vote they get last time? They got 24, uh, 23, I think. Yeah, 23.8. Um, the Leger poll they're doing a little bit better in Quebec City. Yeah. But I think the media narrative here in this race has been that it's PQ versus CAQ. So a lot of the QS vote might go, or some of it might go to the PQ. Um, so I'm going to put the line at 20. Ooh. 20%. I'll say this. The, 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 the Léger poll that the PQ leaked, it was of, of Jean Talon. Uh, that the PQ leaked in the summer, again, was done in the summer when students are out of town. So, uh, And uh, for those who don't know, Université Laval is in this writing. So there are many, many students uh, voting in this writing. So naturally, a summer poll would uh, would underscore or would underestimate the QS. You put the line at 20? Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to go over, slightly mm. over. I'm going to choose under because I feel that if the PQ wins, the QS vote needs to come down. Uh, not by too much, because I think they're mostly going to get CAQ voters, but, uh, or flippers, I guess. But yeah, I'm going to choose under. I think that Quebec Solidaire is, is kind of losing the battle in terms of its, its contention in, this, in, this, in the public mind. But, you know, they did pretty well in the Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne by-election. So oh, yeah. I, I know they do have the ability to get the vote out, but I'm going to choose the under here. Hmm. So we're left with what we think are the two contenders, CAQ yeah. and Parti Québécois. Um, I'm curious. So we said before I would do the PQ, you would do the CAQ. But I'm wondering if we end up having the same lines, then we can just we can more or less just choose the winner. What was your line for the CAQ? I was still thinking about it. Okay, okay. so the CAQ had 32.5% in the general election. Won it by nine points over Quebec Solidaire and uh, 14 points above the PQ. <sighs> All right, I'll put the line at a CAQ at 29%. 29? All right. I'll put, also, I'll put the PQ line at 29% as well so we can <laughs> more or less choose who we think is going to win. Oh, God. But that's tough because I bet... Uh, because yeah, that's going to be tough because I don't think the vote's going to be as split this time. So I wouldn't be surprised if both parties end up somewhere around 35. Um, well, the thing is, you have Quebec Solidaire under and the Liberals under. So at some point, people someone, have to yeah, be someone over, has right? to go up. Yeah. So the 29% may be, I think it could be, it could be over for both, for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm going to choose over for both. I do think it'll end up being something like 35-34, 35-33. And I think my gut tells me the PQ will, will win this, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the CQ holds on. 
<laughs> oh, this is going to be a great segment of the podcast because I was just going to say my gut tells me the CEQ takes this, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if the PQ wins. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll restate what we have just said earlier. Uh, I, the numbers say that the PQ should win, that the PQ is the favorite. But I'm going to pick the CEQ as the winner. Okay. Uh, not by much, though. It should be close. So if we put the lines at 29 each, I'm going to go both over. So that means that we should change the lines. So, okay. okay. So let's set the lines at... 33. Okay. 33. You go over for the PQ and under for the CEQ? Yeah, I think that's what I would do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess oh. it's going to be like 34, 32. <sighs> <laughs> I'll okay. I'll I'll flip the script on you. I'll go if the line is thirty three. I'll go both over. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll see. Okay, that'll be the official official line, and we assess winners on next week's episode. All right. Last little topic before we get to our questions was a poll from British Columbia. We won't spend too much time on this, Um, but we talked about the Main Street one that came out a little while ago that had the conservatives, the BC conservatives, ahead of BC United. And the NDP was pretty weak in that poll. But in this research co-poll, yep. and uh, that's by Mario Canseco, who is out in British Columbia, had 48% for the New Democrats, 20% for BC United, 19% for the conservatives, 12% for the Greens. Uh, this would just be a slaughter in the seat count for the NDP to be 28 points ahead of its nearest rival. Basically, you take 12 points away from the former Liberals, the BC United. You give it all to the Conservatives, and the Greens are lower than the last election. So there are 87 seats in BC. In the last election, there will be 93. Uh, I haven't changed the map on my site because if there's a by-election, it would still use the old map, but I will change it eventually. Um, I think this would be north of 70 seats for the NDP. And it would be a massive, massive landslide. I mean, it, it's the opposite of Doug Ford, basically. The NDP would be enjoying a split opposition um, if the conservative support is real. We have discussed yeah. this before, Eric. Uh, conservatives have polled in double digits before the last election, only to end up with 1.9%. However, yeah. it, it feels different this time. Uh, with a real and leader, and research, so. research Co. has been one of the pollsters that doesn't put big numbers for the conservatives uh, that's right in that's the past right. so when you, I, when i see these numbers i start to believe them a little bit more um and you know the 2001 election bc resulted in two seats for the opposition which was the ndp uh defeated uh Ujjal de Sange. but so yeah you could see that kind of thing happen again with these kinds of numbers because the new democrats their support's not really all that high it's just that it's so much higher than everybody else's yeah and in the bc interior if the Uniteds and the Conservatives split that vote, a lot of those seats the NDP wins with like 33, 35%. Yep. Like it would just be a decimation. Uh, but it is, what, more than a year before the next election? I would doubt that we'll still end up in this scenario because I, I, I would imagine that people will eventually make a choice between those two parties. Uh, while that may be true, the, 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 the BC Conservatives people are really Poiliev's people. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think for many of them, the BC Liberals were too liberal, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though it was the main right of center party in British Columbia for all these decades. 
um, since their merger. I think it was it in the nineties or eighties or I don't remember. But um, yeah, they, well, they just more yeah. or less replaced the Socreds in the nineties. That's 90s. right. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, also remember that Research Co. absolutely nailed the last BC election, like to yeah. the number. The last poll was almost perfect. So y- you have to give some credit to this. And it's, while it's true that Main Street's numbers were different from Research Co., it's the same trends, basically. It's the, the, yeah. the, the BC Uniteds have lost a chunk of their support to the Conservatives. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun election year, BC. I think October 24th or something like that. So it's going to, yeah, yeah, a year from now. Okay, let's uh, get to some questions. Um, here, I'll read. The, these both came from the Patreon. So we take our questions from uh, our patrons, and you can join our Patreon at thenumberspod.ca. We also take it on our Discord, uh, which, again, if you're a member of the Patreon, you get access to. So we got this one from Patrick McKay on the Patreon, and he said... Very simply, what will the ramifications be of the Anthony Rota scandal? Do we predict it will affect Trudeau's poll numbers? Um, I don't need to tell you what happened. I'm sure you're already aware of it. Uh, but <laughs> what do you think is going to come out of, of this? Because, you know, it's not clear that it is the Liberals' fault. Uh, it is, by all, all accounts, seems to be Anthony Rota's fault, the Speaker of the House. And there's really not much that the Liberal government could have done in this case. Uh, but do you think that the liberals are going to wear this? <sighs> what a stupid story! Seriously, it, it looks is, to it be. Is. It, it, it appears yeah. to be a bunch of blunders and uh, one on top of the other. Even yeah. though now I read online that oh, the the, the liberals applaud Nazis. Basically, no, they did. It's 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 a very <laughs> stupid <did. laughs> time. It's a stupid timeline. Uh, yeah. And the, the yeah, we fact, are in, we are in the dumbest timeline. Yeah, we we waited until what the fiftieth minute or something of our of our uh, podcast to discuss this because we are numbers people and thank the Lord we are. I don't want to comment on this much, but it, it's it's not the liberals' fault, but they are in power, so they're gonna wear it. I mean, if a conservative uh, government was in power, I think many progressives in this country would say, "Look, they applaud the Nazis." So it's it's part of the game, but honestly, I think. Uh, when we get into a new media cycle uh, a month from now, we'll never talk about this except for hyper-partisans. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. And I think you're also right that regardless of, of uh, blame, uh, when you're the government, you wear yep. whatever whatever mess up there was. Uh, if, if this was literally Justin Trudeau who invited this guy, then I think that that would be very bad for him. But I think that just in this case, people who already feel that the government is... Uh, kind of unfocused and going from one crisis to another. This just adds to that argument. If you, if you're a supporter of the of the liberals, um, then you know you can look at the the facts of the case, which seem to be far more that this was just yeah. the people in the in the speaker's office screwing up and not realizing something that they should have realized. But I do think that this will. I'm not sure if this is going to hurt, but it's just you know they like I said earlier, I they they were starting the parliamentary sitting. It seemed to me on the right track, and then this kind of knocks them off. Uh, And so we'll see. The conservatives have a risk of overreaching here, uh, which I think they they got very close to on Wednesdays (laughs) in QP. Uh, But anyway, we'll see in the coming days. There'll probably be some polling actually asking this specific question of who's to blame and all this stuff. Yeah, Uh, This is a great case for 
boosting teaching of uh, social studies and uh, yeah. humanities, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next uh, question. All right. Yeah, why don't you read it out? Okay, so Andrew Andrew Percy on the Patreon asks us, I'd be interested in hearing what your thoughts are on the likely competitive seats in Vancouver and the greater Vancouver area, given recent polls show that the CPC up to 52%. That was Abacus, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so given how far Tories were behind in the greater Vancouver area, which seats do you think are realistically in play? You want to start us off on this one? Yeah, uh, so if we're assuming that they're at 52%, then more or less all of them, except for a couple of the actual Vancouver seats, the ones that start with Vancouver would probably be conservative. But if we're in the more realistic that they might be up by 10 points or something like that, or 15, uh, a lot of that is going to be in the interior. When you see the numbers that we, in the polls in Alberta and in the prairies, it's clear that Poiliev is really filling up his cup on on those kinds of voters right yep exactly because um, they're usually now at 60 plus percent and they used to not get that in the polls they would get it in election results but not always in the polls so i would imagine that the conservatives are probably boosting they're kind of you know super surging in the interior where they already hold the seats um but you know for me i'd look at and this is using the old map because uh, that would still be in place if there's an election between now and next april yeah uh, so uh, you know, in it outside of Vancouver itself, you know, Coquitlam, Port Coquitlam, Port Moody, Coquitlam, Cloverdale, Langley City. Yeah. And then uh, those ridings that they lost in the last election that had big Chinese Canadian populations. So uh, Richmond Center, Stevesman, Richmond East, Delta. And then in Vancouver itself, the only one I think that could swing if there's a big swing would be Granville. Uh, but apart from that, I think the rest would hold. Because Granville was a split vote. It was, uh, you, yeah. you need mid-30s and you win this uh, this seat, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. North Vancouver, I would add, maybe it would be close, even though Mr. Wilkinson has been, uh, you know, I think uh, a decent minister and cabinet minister for the Liberals. But, uh, you know, again, this... When you go just outside uh, of the, uh, the the downtown core, I think this is where the liberals would uh, and would be in trouble, and the NDP as well. And I would add also a few seats uh, on uh, Vancouver Island. I know it, it's not the question, mm-hmm. but I mean, most of Vancouver Island would probably lean conservatives with such numbers. Uh, I think yeah. Elizabeth Maybe May should be Victoria, safe. But yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, but you know you're never as strong as your strongest poll usually. Yeah. So let's yeah, be careful here. It. What about Burnaby South? <sighs> if well, if the Conservatives are at fifty two percent, Jugmeet Singh is not winning his own riding. I think that's pretty clear. But uh, like, uh, yeah, the, the 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 thing is, the Conservatives finished third in that riding with twenty two percent. Jugmeet Singh had forty. So. You need 18 points. The NDP is not doing so well in BC. It, I mean, it would be one of those close toss-ups yeah. if that's yeah, the yeah, case. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> that we're talking about like a 200-seat victory here for the, yeah. the Conservatives. In, in which case, case, getting defeated is probably a favor. Yeah, for exactly. <laughs> Okay, um, we're going to finish off. I think we're we're at the end here, so uh, we'll get to our, our number of the week. Uh, do you have one? You want me to go first? Go first. Yeah, go first. Okay. I'll listen. So my number is forty-one. This was the result in the Ipsos poll. This was the percentage of NDP voters who feel that the NDP should bring down the government 
to force a new election. 59% said they want to keep it in office. I found that interesting because it's not a 80-20 kind of result. It's a 60-40. So there is a big chunk of the new Democratic voter base that would like to see the government defeated, which I'm not surprised when you're not supporting the Liberals. You don't think they should be in office. But it, it is still surprising that as many as two out of every five NDP voters would applaud Jagmeet Singh and the NDP if they decided to bring down the government at the next opportunity. And I thought that was pretty surprising because that is a little bit of a tension that must exist within the NDP. Among NDP supporters, yes. I cannot imagine many in the NDP caucus no. wanting wanting a, a fast election. Again, you said half of those are in BC and the numbers in BC are not that good for the NDP. Mm-hmm. So they would lose their jobs and well, maybe they want to go in the private sector, but that's another story. Or the public sector. Uh, well, maybe. Being yeah. your Democrats. <laughs> um, all right. So I think is I think we uh, we uh, we spoiled it a bit with the Jean Talon by election. But uh, my number of the week uh, was thirty three. Uh, it was, I think, what you need to have in Jean Talon to win the by-election. And for those who are listening to, outside of Quebec, maybe you wonder why we insist so much on this by-election. First, it's a really fascinating writing that uh, has you know, uh, diverse demographics in Quebec City. And also, it could be a bellwether because the, the CAQ mm. started their, uh, their ascension in Quebec politics with a by-election win in Quebec City. Uh, it was Geneviève Guilbeault in... Um, now the name escapes that? me. It was Louis Hébert, Louis Hébert, right? Okay, right. Uh, and when she won that by-election, right after the CAQ like, gained 10 points in a poll and they never looked back and they won the general election. Now, I'm not saying the same thing could happen to the Parti Québécois, but if the Parti Québécois does win this by-election, a writing they have never won in their history, and suddenly they get some momentum... Uh, I think the CEQ will start being worried because they they have uh, communicating uh, uh, channels between those two those two uh, parties. They share the same pool of voters, and you could see some CEQ voters jumping ship and going to the Parti Québécois, which would suddenly make the 2026 election far more interesting. So, I think 33% is what you need to win Jean Talon. We'll see if I'm right there. And you know, just when you're talking about a bellwether, it was also a bit of a bellwether for the Liberals. Uh, when they lost that seat in a by-election, yeah, it was more or less uh, the punctuation mark on the decline of the Liberals, who absolutely were still competitive in the 2018 election. But once they had lost that by-election, it, it just kind of showed that even in a riding that they had always been able to hold, things were falling apart. So yes, this riding in particular has a has a pretty interesting history. So a lot of people will be watching it in Quebec uh, to get an idea of what's going to happen next. So that'll be on Monday. So Monday if you live in that riding, you can vote. And if you are in Manitoba, election day is on Tuesday, so you should vote if you haven't already. And you can join us for the live stream. Uh, I'm I'm hoping there'll be some interesting polls. What do you are, are you expecting? The here, let's let's make fools of ourselves here. <laughs> the polls that come out this weekend are they going to show it tighter? Or are they going to show that one of the parties, uh, the NDP, is running away with it? Well, we had the polls from a statistical tie to plus double digit for the NDP, right? Uh, let's let's say they'll say NDP plus five, and we'll still don't know. Um, I I'll, just before we go, uh, last over under for you, okay. the turnout in the Manitoba election. So oh. last what was it last time? In 2019, the turnout was 55 percent, which, mm. which I think is low. I'm not sure the history of Manitoba election, to be honest. 
but this could be a change election, so you would think it would go up, but not necessarily. Uh, so I put the line at 57% turnout in Manitoba. I'm going to be optimistic and say because it's a change election, uh, the turnout will go up. Uh, people who want to keep the NDP out will, will vote. People who want to defeat the PCs will vote. And so I'm going to say it's going to be over and maybe even over 60 I'll say that too. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, let's ho- let's hope. Go vote, people in Manitoba. It's this is important. I know. Don't don't be like Ontario. Okay. Uh, no. These, you know, don't be like Ontario. Go vote and express express your opinion and your uh, you know get engaged in politics. It's important. Yeah, and you can also get engaged with our Patreon Absolutely. if you want to get early access to every episode <laughs> of the numbers and participate in our Discord where we can chat about politics. And as I mentioned, we get our questions for our mailbag. You can become a patron at our Patreon site. You can find it at thenumberspod.ca. If you're already a patron, thanks for your support. And if you aren't, please support us And uh, because we want to keep doing this. We're enjoying it, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you can join us for the live stream. It'll be on uh, my YouTube channel, the, the RIT channel, on Tuesday night. We'll start that at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central when the polls close. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I always love the uh, provincial election nights. The by-election nights, uh, you know, they can be a little dull when they stretch out. You only got one riding that's reporting, but provincial elections are fun. So, uh, have a good weekend, and, and I'll see you on Tuesday. Yes, absolutely. Merci beaucoup, Eric. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week.